1: Get started today at try That's trylifeMD.com. That's t r y l i f e m d.com.
0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is believe. Are you looking to wager on all the big games in sports? Well, I have great news for you. Our partners at Bet Online—they continue to get it done as the number one basketball betting source. Needs this season. I'm telling you right now, man, you'll find the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. It's all there. And as your continued source for all sports wagering info, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Wow. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events like MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, golf, NHL, college sports, NBA, you name it. Head on over to BetOnline.ag today. That's BetOnline.ag. AG to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. It's that simple. Make sure to use our promo code BELIEVE to get started. That's B L E A V. You'll get rewards that way. Bet online. It's where to be and it's where the game starts.
1: Hey, this is Linda Cone from ESPN and you're listening to the ML Sports Platter.
0: The ML Sports Platter back with you. Download, subscribe, rate and review. We are brought to you by Burn Dairy. Welch & Company Jewelers, the Syracuse Fitness Store, and our great friends over at Camillus Golf Club. Make sure you grab your 2023 membership today at Camillus Golf Club. Hey, let's bring him in. He's a good buddy of mine. We work together in local radio. He's killing it right now for ESPN, calling college basketball. And, oh, by the way, during the baseball season, he happens to be the radio voice of the Baltimore Orioles in the same booth as Hall of Famer Jim Palmer. No big deal. It's my good friend, Kevin Brown. KB, what's up, bud? Good to be back, Mike. How are you? I am great. Uh, recently, you had a chance to call Iowa State and North Carolina. And, of course, Iowa State won that game. Um, but two of my guys were on that uh, uh, Iowa State team, which is Oshun Oshuni and Jaron Holmes, the former Bonneys. Um How impressed are you with those two players? And do you think that this team is a legit you know, threat in March, Kevin?
1: I guess it def- depends on how you define legit threat and March because I don't think they're national title good. I don't think they're
0: final
1: for good. I don't think they score enough, but yeah. they made a Sweet 16 last year, mm-hmm. and I, I think depending on the matchups, they could do it again. I, I love those two players. I had a Bonnies game against UConn last season, and they were a little bit underwhelming as a team. I think last year was obviously a little bit underwhelming as a team for St. Bonaventure overall, given the success from Um, the year before that to only make the NIT was kind of a disappointing thing but I really liked Holmes at the time and I I like him even more now Uh, I thought he controlled the game very well against one of the best backcourts in the nation in R.J. Davis and Caleb Love he didn't look intimidated he's a really physical player I think his physicality played well in the A-10 and I think it will still play well in the Big 12 the Big 12 has some faster pace higher-scoring, up-and-down teams. I think Iowa State will be a little bit slower, more controlled, more defensive, but Holmes is a good passer. He's very good at getting to the rim. He didn't have really any trouble at at getting to the rim against Villanova or North Carolina. Now, it's not the same Villanova team that we're used to seeing, and and UNC is obviously a bit down. But there's still power conference opponents. It's still a higher caliber of opponent than he played, by and large, at St. Bonaventure. So I like him a lot. Um, the Iowa State folks rave about his leadership from day one, and we saw in the North Carolina game there was a huddle where he was the loudest voice. He was, I don't want to say screaming, but very loudly, sternly talking to his teammates, and you get the sense that this is a guy who has fit in from day one. Uh, the Iowa State coaches told us as well that Holmes – Really became the lead recruiter for Oshun, and that Oshun wasn't in the transfer portal at the time, was still mulling his options. And, and Jaron was won over by the Iowa State folks so much, he basically got Oshun there. That's right. Uh, he had a great game against Villanova. He didn't have the same kind of game against Carolina. I'll I'll put that one in a, a, a separate box just because he picked up two fouls in ninety seconds, and he was guarding Armando Bacot. Uh You are not going to see a lot of Armando Bedcotts even in the Big Twelve. But I was really impressed with him. I, I think his shop locking game has always been elite. What, what I didn't realize with the shoon is how good of an offensive player he can be. He's very smooth around the basket. He looks fluid. He doesn't look like a player who has only played basketball for a short period of his life. I think the shop blocking instincts are great. But I was impressed with his game offensively. I, I think Iowa State's got a chance to be a top half of the big 12 team. I I don't know that they score enough to be there with Baylor and Kansas and Texas, but in that next year with Texas tech and maybe the Oklahoma schools, um, I think they should absolutely be there and and they look for sure like a tournament team to me, which is kind of fun, right? If you're a bodies fan and you want everybody to stick around, but those guys had such wonderful success and terrific careers. that if you get to see them on the national stage, it, it feels like a little bit of a, a win, I would think. You'd know better than me, but I, I think those guys will be playing in March. And, yeah, they can make the Sweet 16 again. I wouldn't be shocked. They really defend.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's just a terrific opportunity for, you know, two guys who were playing in, you know, the A-10 and St. Bonnie, and they and they kind of get a little bit of, of a look at the at the larger stage. Now, you know, Mark Schmidt, as head coach of the Bonaventure Bonnies. I mean, <laughs> he not only came in – you know, 15, 16 years ago and saved the program. But he's actually gotten them on a national level, as you know. I mean, they're on ESPN all the time. Now they're playing out-of-conference games. They just beat Notre Dame at the Gotham Classic. I mean, this is a different deal here. And I'm not saying that Bonaventure is going to Final Fours or Sweet Sixteens anytime soon. But let me tell you, for you're a Syracuse guy, you know the difference in schools and revenue and, and all that, and population of fan bases and all that sort of thing. It's a different animal in Ole in New York, man. You are in the middle of nowhere. You got all the challenges. But Schmidt doesn't want to hear any of that. He's like, look, we are here to play basketball. We are here to get our thing done. We have the right culture here. Holmes and Oshun really represented that. Do you get the sense from, and by the way, he used to be named Jaron English, and now he's Jaron Holmes, but have, have you have you gotten the sense at all What's next for these two guys uh, after this? And I'm with you, by the way, in, in in watching these guys and wanting to support them. There's always a bad egg or two in a fan base. A few yeah. people get on me on Facebook. Oh, I don't, who are they? Da, da. Come on. like they, they they gave you so much at Bonaventure. They have great careers. But what's next, do you think, KB, for these two uh, guys?
1: And the only other thing I'll say to that is the game has changed for these student-athletes in terms of NIL. Correct. Nobody really knows what they're making. I know that, but when you play three, four years at a school and then you have a chance to go to a power conference school, Kyle yep. often too, yep. um, and, and maybe make some NIL money, you know, as long as you're, you're going and you're still going to be a, a good teammate, and a good player and supportive, as long as you're not just going to grab the money and do nothing. And, and these guys are certainly not grabbing the money and doing nothing. I, I, I understand the frustration from folks at the same time. I, I can't fault kids for making those decisions for themselves. It's just a different world right now, as frustrating as the game may be. And hey, I'm, I'm Mark Schmidt, I think has completely reloaded the team with transfers. So maybe he'll just do this again. <laughs> um, I what's next for them. I'm not, I'm not sure. I, I'm not, look, I'm not a scout. I don't know that the NBA is necessarily next for them. I, To be in the NBA right now, it seems like you have to fit very specific skill sets. If you're the size of Oshun Oshuniyi, you probably have to be able to shoot threes. I think they think he could shoot some threes, but what would a season of him chucking away at a 20% clip actually do for Iowa State? Probably nothing. Uh, Nothing good, anyway. Maybe it would help his personal development, but that's the challenge of being on a college team like that. It's expected to win, the best thing you can do is just dominate the post. Maybe the best thing he could do to be in the NBA is take four threes a game. I don't think that's going to be conducive to success for Iowa State, though, so hopefully he's working on his shot in off hours in the gym. Holmes, Holmes to me, looks like a great college player who could go have a career somewhere, but not necessarily in the NBA where you have to be lightning quick or hit 38% of your threes. Um. But look, I, I, I'm I'm so in the college world. I've done it for a long time. I I love the pageantry. I love the passion of the game of the fan bases. That I don't even really care. We we have a lot of people that that watch college just to watch next level talents. And you know, these guys to me are just two perfect college players. And um, I'm glad I got to see them up close for a couple of games because. That the Iowa State team has come together very, very quickly, and especially Jaron, his leadership there was pretty fully on display against a Carolina team that maybe isn't number one good, we, we know now, but was still ranked number one and still made the title game last year. So to see him take on that challenge and win was pretty special.
0: <laughs> I know, I texted you to come on and... Um... I had I had mentioned uh the wrong game and and it was just because, you know, I, I'm always like talking Bonovich. I'm like, oh my goodness. I just went back in the text message and said, No, I meant Iowa State in North Carolina, but they're still my guys. They're still they're still Bonnies. Uh Kevin Brown, ESPN with us. Um and I I'm with you. They're they are. They're they're great college players, they're awesome fits, uh, you know, wherever they go because they're great, great kids. So Moving off of that for a minute, I've got to ask you about Syracuse. I mean, you're a Syracuse guy. You know, fans are losing their mind in central New York right now. Um, I, I'm getting blasted with messages and texts and and everything like that, you know, social media messages, whatever, about how, you know, everything is, is falling apart now. This is finally the end. It's coming to a halt here. We got lucky in the postseason. Uh, the ACC, we can't compare all, all the stuff that you know how fans get crazy about. Yeah. Where do you land on Syracuse? Because I got to tell you, Kevin, I'm not saying that it's all the way what people are saying, but it, it, it's it's really really bad right now. So uh, it's,
1: I'm not the most informed just because I haven't watched every game. Uh, I I've, I've been busy with football and basketball, so I have only caught a couple of games. I didn't catch the Illinois game. Um, be honest, I was out to the movies, which feels like a good
0: decision. It does, um, yeah. I thought you were going to say you were just playing Oasis on the piano the whole time. No, no, okay. no. Okay. That, that was the day before. Okay. Um, <laughs> highly recommend Glass Onion and
1: Knives Out Mystery, although I think it's not on Netflix until December the 23rd at a one-week uh, okay. theatrical release. I I don't know. I, I, I'm not as much of a sky-is-falling person by nature, I don't think. Um they're pretty young at some key positions. So that should theoretically should portend to a team that gets better as the year goes on. Um and, and I've seen players in the Joe Girard mold have horrific shooting slumps and then bust out of it. Mm-hmm. Trevor Cooney had some terrible shooting slumps. Andy Routins and then all it takes is a game or two, and they're a 45% three-point shooter for a month. So I think by nature, I'm just not as as much of a sky-is-falling person as the rest. I, I understand people's concerns, of course. I mean, the, if you just eliminated the postseason, uh, the ACC move has been a, a really difficult run for Syracuse. I think like, there's no way around that. Yeah. Now, Jim Beheim and folks would say you can't eliminate the postseason, which is fair. The postseason is what you play for, but I, I think this is a team that probably will get better as the year goes on. Is the start too difficult now? Is there enough ground to make up after you lose to Bryant and Colgate? No disrespect to Bryant and Colgate, who have proven to be good programs in their respect, at least. I don't know. I don't know. It's a very long season. Um, I, again, I I don't think the, the halcyon days of the Big East, Prime, Syracuse teams. Um, Those are never going to be repeated. I think it's a different landscape. I think it's a different league, clearly. Like, if people want Syracuse to win 27 games a year, every year... No way. I don't think it's going to happen ever again, really. And I don't think it's going to happen for that many teams in the game, period, outside of a very small handful. Look, the thing is, I mean, we see teams every year change their whole narrative in the transfer portal. We were just took about Iowa State. Iowa State went from two wins to twenty two last year and they'll probably win twenty-five or so right. this year. So yeah. this is a sport where you can change it quickly. You know, whether it's the right infusion of talent or something else. I, I don't know. But I I think this guy is never as close to the crowd as it seems, but I understand people's frustrations and I've if folks don't want to be patient after the last couple of years, you know that's that's their right. I get that. Um, they need to they need to finish the non conference strong. And Jim Boeheim has had years where he's called out his players and been kind of moody before, and they've responded as the years got on. Like he has been doing this for a while. He does know what he's doing. <laughs> a so little he bit. We lost <laughs> his touch. I don't think so. But yeah. we'll. Find out what the team looks like in March. I, I think they're going to look a lot different in March, and if they don't look a lot different in March, there are a lot of hard questions that have to be asked.
0: Yeah, yeah. So there's no way around that. Yeah, yeah, he's been at it five decades. You know, he's he's been at it for a little while, I guess. Um, a little while. A little while. Um, and that leaves me, I got one more on the college hoops front, and then I want to jump to one for baseball, and I'll let you skedaddle and, uh, and, and get over to your piano. Um I, I got to tell you, man, I, I, I'm I'm trying to figure this out as the years go on, and I don't think I ever will. I don't know if anyone will, but Jim Beheim is 78 years old, and that's a lot older than many, many coaches. And I'm not saying that you can't be old and be successful, right? Bill Belichick is 70 years old. Nick Saban's getting up there now. There are a lot of people who are doing their thing who are older, uh, my mom acts like she's 50. She's turning 75 next November. I mean, so it, it's, I understand that you can do it. But where I come into it is with the changing landscape, what you just mentioned, NIL, transfer portal, recruiting is trickier now. Um, we know Jim has never loved to do anything besides just, you know, go handle the basketball team and be at practice and, and kind of just be the basketball coach, right? There, but there's other things going on. He's 78. Kids come in, they're 18, they're 19, maybe they're 21 in the transfer portal, maybe. But even so, that's, you know, it's almost 60 years. And in the case of 18 and 78, it is 60 years. When do you get to a point, do you think, in today's climate, today's climate, where it just becomes too far of a gap coach to player from an age perspective?
1: I really don't know, but it's a fair question. I, I I think that's where the staff comes into play. If you're a young, vibrant, connected head coach and you don't have assistants that will recruit, then I I still don't feel like you're much. I, I think the staff is more important than ever right now. I think assistant coaches are more important than ever in facilitating these recruiting visits and understanding the landscape. And I think particularly at Syracuse, an assistant coach at Syracuse is probably as important as an assistant coach anywhere else because of what you said, because we know Jim Beheim kind of just likes to be the basketball coach. There are some places where the head coaches are out on the road all the time. And that's, it, it seems never really been him. And I doubt it's going to start being that way now. I don't think it's 70, 80 is going to all of a sudden hit the trail daily. I think the, re, the recruiting matters from an assistant perspective to me. Those are the guys that have to be dialed in. and In many cases, those are the coaches that players have more connected relationships with. Uh, I'm, I'm around a lot of programs in basketball and football where the head coach gets described as a CEO type of person and in basketball you have your assistant that handles the offense you have your assistant that handles the defense Mm -hmm. and you have your assistant that handles the guards and your assistant that handles the forwards and and these kids spend more time one-on-one with assistant coaches than they do the head coach and they'll transfer sometimes when an assistant goes somewhere else so I I don't think it's just a gym thing I I think the whole staff has to be bought in and I, I just I don't know the people within the program well enough right now to, to know how that goes. But yeah, I, I think you can do it for a while. If you have the right people around you is sort of what I've experienced. I, I've been around great coaches that are older that have totally dialed in staffs. Like Saban is on, on another level uh. for a lot of reasons, but one of those is every year he has the best staff in college football. And Those people are out recruiting like their life depends on it.
0: All right, final thing. Let's get to some hot stove baseball. I I tell you, the AL East is getting quite interesting. Uh, We haven't had the major splash yet, but my childhood hero, Don Mattingly, is now a bench coach in Toronto. Aaron Judge has an offer on the table from the Yankees. I think the Orioles are coming for people uh, coming up this spring. I, I we I had you on some months back, and I, I just I love the way they close the season. Uh, Toronto's young and, and and ready to go. I'm not sure about the Red Sox, uh, and hopefully, obviously, I hope they lose 100 games. But you know, when you get into that division here. Give me landscape. Give me Orioles hot stove. Take it however you want here with this because I, I I think it's a fascinating, fascinating division. Tampa Bay, I think, is going to strike. Maybe make a move. There's rumors that they might even give Jacob Degrom one year and fifty. Where do you land here on all these teams?
1: I I just saw Tampa Bay yesterday sign Zach Eflin to yes yes the largest free agent contract in race
0: history. <laughs> what was it? A hundred bucks?
1: Three years, forty million. <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: <So. laughs> yeah. Um. I the, the, the status of the Orioles is um is, is the hot stove is, is simmering.
0: Yeah.
1: It's simmering. We're just sitting around waiting, we keep putting an open palm over the stove top. We're just <laughs> testing the heat. Ready to throw a little olive oil on there. We're we're waiting to see. Um people around around here expect the Orioles to do a couple of things. One is sign some pitching, particularly starting pitching. Two is get another left-handed bat. I don't think there's much of a need for position player starters with the Orioles, because either at AAA or at the big league level, there's a 25 or younger player at almost every position. So that's exciting. They could use another left-handed bat, though, especially, I say left-handed given that Camden Yards is now uh, a pit of despair for right-handed hitters, but still very gettable in right field. They could use a second baseman or another outfielder that that swings left-handed. But people are really interested in pitching. uh, Names that get thrown around, and this is not... With any basis, this is just names that get thrown around in Orioles beat writer land and Orioles Twitter land. People would love to get somebody like a Carlos Rodon, like an Andrew Heaney. I think a left-handed pitcher is intriguing in Baltimore because you're going to get a left-on-left platoon advantage. And then right-handed hitters who would have the platoon advantage on you now have to hit the ball toward that pit of despair in left field <laughs> so I think left-handed hitters and left-handed pitchers will play well for this team given the ballpark dimensions I think they'd be wise to lean into those strengths I don't think it's a coincidence that they took Jackson Hawley, a left-handed hitter last year they've taken Colton Cowser and Gunnar Henderson left-handed hitters Adley Rich, a switch hitter with some high draft picks the last few years and um, now the pitching part of it there are a lot of interesting young pitchers in this organization, but you can't count on young pitchers for 180 innings. Somebody's got to throw 180 innings for this team next year. Somebody's got to throw 150, and the only guy that did that was Jordan Lyles, and he's a free agent now. And Maybe they'll re-sign him at a cheaper deal, but they didn't pick up his option. So I'm I'm thinking that the Orioles are not ready to dole out five- to eight-year contracts is my educated guess. I could be surprised. I certainly was surprised by how this team performed last year, but I, I don't think they're in the mode yet where they're ready to go five years, hundred million, eight years, hundred and fifty for somebody. Now that being said, Michael Eis, who's the general manager of this team, did say after the deadline that he expects this offseason will begin, "quote liftoff," unquote, for this team. So people around here are very excited for liftoff. Um, and, and in a division where the Yankees raise Blue Jays, and, you know, I'll throw the Red Sox in there just because their payroll still exists. Um, when you have this moment, it's important to seize it. The, the last thing I'll say is the Orioles were really thrilling and fun and exciting last year. They won 83 games. Nobody thought they were going to win more than 65. And they were in the postseason race till the final week. So the natural inclination is to say, well, um, you know, take another small step forward this year, small step after that, small step, that'll be good. As you know, that's not the way it necessarily works in baseball.
0: Right, right.
1: You don't get to do this in a linear fashion. I hope the Orioles have something sustainable. I really do. I think they have a ton of talent in the system, smart coaches, smart people in the front office. The right people are in place. This thing could be really good for the next ten years. Or you can say maybe we have a window of opportunity here if we make a couple of pitching signings and we push the the gas pedal a little bit, um, because you just never know, right? You never know, especially in the American League East. Those teams don't look like they're going away, so you just things could look different in five years. Players you think you are counting on can get hurt. While you have young, relatively healthy, talented players, like I it might be a time to go for it a little bit more stronger than people think and not just make moves on the margins. And I I think there are a couple of moves that will be somewhere in between marginal and a hundred million coming. You know, two, three year deals for a left-handed pitcher, a left-handed hitting power hitter, second baseman outfielder. I, I think the message in baseball is the window is now if you have a chance at a window and don't mortgage your future certainly, but don't just sit back and assume, well, things will be better in three years. And I think the Orioles recognize that and and I'm cautiously optimistic. They'll push the accelerator a little bit here.
0: Yeah. Well, they're a trademark franchise, great history. Fan base is terrific. The ballpark is spectacular. Uh, It'd be good for baseball. There's no doubt about that. Uh, Kevin, I got to tell you, as we as we're done here, but I wanted to just end on this. I mean, I, I knew when we worked together in in local radio, you being a play by play guy, um, I knew that you were going to be a superstar then, and you have not disappointed. I, I enjoy so much listening to you and and watching you, and I'm so happy for your success. And and it's been just such a a pleasure to you know call you a friend as well. But you are really as good as it gets, uh, for a play by play guy. And I'm just really, really happy for you. And I just wanted to tell you, you know, keep going. Cause you're, you're, you're rising every single day. And I'm really, I'm really thrilled for you.
1: Uh, well, the checks in the mail. I appreciate that. Only um, 10 bucks this time. Uh, Only 10 bucks. <laughs> no, seriously. Thank you. I've, as I've said, well, it's many true. Times, I mean, I've learned from really good people and, uh, just stolen a lot of stuff that works. So yeah, I, um, I, you're, you're kind to say that. And, um, I, I hope it's going to be a fun basketball season. Yeah, uh, because I, I really, this is one of the things I have a real passion for.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Kevin Brown, ESPN and Orioles broadcaster, really appreciate it, KB. Hey, have a great holiday season, my man. Thanks, Mike. You too.
1: It's always ice cream season in Central New York, and the locally owned and operated Carvel in North Syracuse welcomes you to come in and grab one of their Santa ice cream cakes or a six-pack of Jolly Cups, both perfect for the Christmas season. Everything at Carvel of North Syracuse is made fresh, so no matter what kind of treat or design you want, they make it happen. Carvel Ice Cream Store opens seven days a week, Brewerton Road, North Syracuse, America's favorite since 1934, and now offering their Santa ice cream cake and six-pack of Jolly Cups.
0: This is the story of the one.